everybody. Welcome back to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. The show is brought to you by Conversa, a podcasting agency that helps B2B brands start podcasts to connect with prospects, generate content, and grow brand awareness. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest today is Christina Minchel, head of marketing and design at Stocksy, an artist-owned stock media company. And Christina and I are going to talk about launching a global social media strategy for the first time. So, Christina, great to have you on the show. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks so much for having Stocksy. Launching a global social media strategy for the first time sounds like something that could be pretty daunting, certainly something that takes a whole lot of planning, just given there's so many channels out there and, and all the content you need and all that stuff. So kind of give us a little bit of the overview here of how this strategy took place, your role in it, and you know, sort of describe your guys' social media strategy as your as you're, are you still preparing to launch it or have you already launched it? We've launched. Yeah. Okay. You've launched. Okay. So you can, we'll get into then also kind of how it's going, but take us back a little bit before it launched back to the planning phase, sort of where, where did you start with devising a global strategy? Yeah. So I'm relatively new to Stocksy. We've been in existence 10 years now as a tech startup and I came to the organization about a year ago to help build up our global marketing strategy, which includes this social strategy. And so when I was approaching building this, I really took the time to get to know the organization, get to know both our, our staff and our contributor side, get to know our artists, their wants, their needs, and interview a lot of our clients to kind of truly understand our audience before even starting a social strategy. And then approaching that social strategy from a global lens, I really wanted our team to build a strategy that was focused on our audience. I think a lot of brands talk about what they want to talk about on social media channels and use it more from a megaphone approach. And I like to coach teams to use it as a social listening device have the headphones on. So headphones over microphones. I think social media can be this powerful community where you can get inspiration for your brand, for your products, get these incredible feedback loops, not only for our clients, but also our artist base and really develop out the future of Stocksy through listening through social media. So we took that approach we also took a very human-centric approach to our social strategy. Even though we're a primarily B2B company, a lot of brands try and separate B2B and B2C. I think that at the end of the day, it's B2H, so business to human. And thinking about that human at the other end of your social posts and how they might react or engage with them. So we really were focused around creating an environment where there was these two-way dialogues between Stocksy and our clients and Stocksy and our artists and a really kind of fun environment for both to participate in. And the other thing we kind of thought about when we were developing is kind of matching our social objectives with our overarching business objectives. So where we wanted to go as a holistic business, 
making sure that marketing and social was very aligned to those objectives. I think that sometimes when marketing sits in silos and does their own thing, that's not contributing to the overall health of the business. So I'm all about that marketing and sales alignment, making sure that everything that we're doing from a social strategy ladders up into some business imperatives. A lot to unpack there. So let's drill down a little bit into something you said, and I really like the, the way you put this, headphones over microphones, meaning I think as you described, uh, two-way communication, not just you guys trumpeting what you're all about, but having a, an exchange, a conversation that's really more focused on the audience. So first of all, why is that important? Why go in that direction? I think it's important in establishing trust. There's a lot of conversations on the currency of trust and how that's super, super important in building a holistic brand. And I think it's becoming even more important with the younger generations. So millennials and Gen Z, they're very purpose and values driven. And if you're not creating this environment where you can trust the brand and trust the people from the brand, I think you're not going to be successful or sustainable long term. And so what does that look like in practice? How does that influence the channels that you choose and the sort of content you put on those channels? When we were approaching our social strategy, we were present on a couple of social channels, but we weren't present on the channels that our audience were on. So we actually moved and pivoted at two more channels that our creative marketing audience we're participating in. I think a lot of brands try and pull their audiences to other channels rather than just going where their audiences are. So that's a big tip that I have is like go where your audience is and make sure you're you're capturing them there and living in their environment. And I think like what we did was we focused on talking to them about content that they cared about, what their pain points were, listening to what struggles they were going through from a marketing lens and trying to create content that helped them solve those problems. And we're still still working through that, obviously, as it's our first year of our strategy, but we've taken a an agile marketing approach to this strategy. So we're doing tons of A-B testing and learning a ton from from our audience through analytics to inform future iterations of our content. Well, you, you certainly make a good point that if um, among all the channels you can choose, choose the ones where your audience already is rather than trying to draw them to you. As you said, that just seems a lot easier for one thing. So which are those channels for you? Our priority channels, we focus on TikTok, Pinterest, Instagram, and then we also have like a lot of clients that engage with us on LinkedIn. We just started our LinkedIn presence this year. So seeing a lot of success in different portions of our audience in different platforms. So I think that's because we have both the client side and the artist side, we play on a number of platforms, probably more so than than most brands do because we have a diverse global audience and then also that split of artists and clients. Can you give us some examples of the kind of content you're creating? I know you, you, you're doing a lot of testing and so on to figure this out, but so far, what have you learned? What are some types of content that have performed well so far? So because Stocksy is a very purpose-driven company, we really focus on like living our brand values of 
being progressive, inclusive, collaborative, and empathetic. And so we've really tapped into content that kind of lives and breathes those brand values and thinking about participating in dialogues that matter in the community and matter in the world. We're not afraid to to kind of have a voice and put a perspective out on uh, social or world issues. So a lot of that content is really resonating with our target audience. This past year, we did community activations with our Black artists, with our queer artists, and with our women artists, because that's so integral to the Stocksy brand. We're all about progressive representation in the market and trying to represent the world as it is. So we really involved the communities in that creation of the content. And that has really been successful for us. We've done some social media takeovers with our artists. We've done some behind the scenes content. People love to see how the stock media is produced and kind of hear that story behind it. Other content that has performed really well for us is some of that inspirational content. We're giving marketers kind of a lens to rethink how they do their brand strategies and how they integrate stock media into that. Um, So we launched a series that's called our color palettes, and we're coming up with fresh new color palettes as inspiration for our audience, and then showing them how they can mix and match the collection within that to kind of meet their brand needs. And that's, that's really provided a lot of great engagement for us. And then we also create content on the educational side. So going back to sparking these two-way dialogues, we like to help our marketers kind of advance their marketing strategy and help advance their design strategy. So we launched this year a blog called Stocksy Ideas. And in Stocksy Ideas, we're, we're focused on a lot of that educational content to help our clients be more progressive and think about how representation in media affects their brands and affects society as a whole. And so in doing the testing and measuring, what have you learned so far about, yeah, what what have you learned so far about sort of what works, what doesn't work? Is there anything that knowing what you know now you would do differently? Yeah, that's a great question. I've always been a big data-driven marketer throughout my career. And and my team is, has jumped on this data-driven train. Um, we've been able to garner a lot of analytics and insights through our social management platform, Hootsuite, and be able to really identify what our audience is talking about and what their pain points are and what they want and need and what they're engaging with and not engaging with. Through our A-B testing, we're seeing a lot of trends emerge on what kind of stops that scroll in the newsfeed and really gets, captures that engagement. And we're seeing things like short form video really perform well for us. We luckily um, have the advantage of having a ton of video content in the Stocksy collection. So we use a lot of our UGC content and it's commercially licensed in our collection. So we use that in our content. And that seems to be really resonating with our audience. We've also like tested a lot of content on TikTok and the content that provides kind of like short educational snippets 
to either our artist base or client base is resonating really well. And then content that kind of has a contrarian view performs really well for us. We're we're a disruptor naturally. Stocksy's a disruptor in the stock media industry. And we're also a disruptor in general. So we'll put out some some controversial POVs out there. And that always sparks this great dialogue and this engagement in the social space. And we always say that, like, you can't beat the competition by copying them. So I think it's really important for brands to kind of take that contrarian approach in their industry and kind of carve out that white space for themselves. What's an example of that? What's a like a controversial stance you guys have taken? In June, we launched our first Pride campaign. And instead of kind of changing our logo to a rainbow and doing the traditional kind of rainbow washing that we see a lot of brands do, we took a very contrarian approach to that and actually wrote a lot of content around how brands are doing it wrong and providing advice on how to have proper queer representation in the market and how to involve the queer community in your content and making sure that it is very authentic, it is very anti-cliche, and it's representative of the community that, that we serve. That really resonated with the community and resonated with our artists because representation is just so important to Stocksy and so important to the artists that, that work for us. So, Christina, what's your advice for marketing teams that are where you guys were a little while ago, planning a, so, a global social media strategy and more toward the beginning of it? What's your main takeaway for groups like that? I think brands have to recognize that it's a marathon, not a sprint when it comes to social strategy. I think that organizations as a whole tend to measure marketing incorrectly. They look at those kind of like short-term results. They look at measuring all marketing by leads. I really strive to convey that marketing is this, this long-term approach. And if you're doing it right, you're going to build that brand in six to 12 months. And you're not going to see those, those immediate short-term wins, but you're going to see that long-term brand effect of raising your share of voice and capturing that share of market if you're thinking about that stint instead of the instead of the sprint. Well, Christina, how can uh, people connect with you? You can connect with me on LinkedIn at Christina Mitchell, or I'm also on Twitter at CR Mitchell. You can connect with me on TikTok as well. I have a TikTok handle called the LinkedIn Guru. Well, Christina, thank you so much. Uh, really enjoyed our chat and uh, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. That's it for this episode of the B2B Content Show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at conversa.com. That's C-O-N-N-versa.com. The B2B Content Show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. 
check us out at conversa.com to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers you need to get to know to grow your business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.